Hello, you're listening to Sarah Archer in episode 150 of the Speaking Club podcast. Blimey, there's a lot going on here in the UK at the moment. We've got floods, a mutating virus, food shortages, borders are closed. It's almost biblical. I'm in the middle of buying a new home, but I might just switch to building an ark. I started this podcast for two reasons. Because I want to help people recognise the power of stories and humour in speaking and because I believe it's your message that counts, not the number of ums and ahs you use. There are some organisations that want to create robot speakers. They want you to sacrifice your personality in order to speak perfectly. But I want to let you know that you can be yourself and a sensational speaker. So, if you want to be a speaker that connects and engages authentically through stories, a speaker that gives value as well as a great performance, then welcome home. Hey there, I hope you and your loved ones are safe and well, and that you're managing to keep positive despite all the doom and gloom. But enough of that, we're here to talk about your speaking. Now, I love to know what's stopping you, slowing you down and getting in the way of you getting the results that you want with your speaking. And that's why when people start working with me or they join the Facebook hub on Facebook or post in the group, I'm always asking, what is the biggest challenge? And over the past 12 months, I've been gathering the responses so that I can make sure that this podcast and my coaching and courses are giving you both what you want and what you need to realise your potential and become a sensational speaker. And today I'm answering the top 10 of those. I've kind of pulled them all together into sort of the top 10. And to be honest, each of the questions that I'm answering could be a whole episode on its own. And where I've already done a deeper dive on stuff around this, I'm going to share the relevant episode number with you. But I wanted to give you some tips in this show for these questions so that you can get going on improving your speaking and increasing your impact for better results in the coming year. So let's get right into this. The first question is, how can I be more authentic? And I got three sort of umbrella things to say around this. The first one is prepare and practice. This is, I think, so much the reason why people improve and get more confident in their speaking If you spend some time thinking about the problem and the solution that you're covering in your talk, where people are in relation to that and where you want to get them to, um, their pain, their desires, their objections around all of that, it will not only give you a better connection to your audience, it will give you more confidence. And then if you practice, you know, your talk and the the points that you want to make, again, it will help you become more authentic because you'll know your subject, you'll have more confidence in your subject and what you're going to say. That will then let you let go of the script. So I teach uh, the heart map blueprint, which is a way that once you've done the prep and you've got a script, you start to let go of it. You have the big chunks of your talk in your mind and it enables you to stay present in the moment. And staying present enables you to connect to your audience. If you're worrying about what you're going to be saying, if you're worrying about, you know, reading the PowerPoint slides, if you're second guessing yourself, it will break the connection. It will stop you feeling authentic to the audience. So if you can let go of the script and trust yourself and stay present, that will really help you. 
Now, I've got a few episodes on this. Episode 74, I think, is the map to greatness in public speaking. Number 87 is how to become a message-led speaker. And 103 is about getting your public speaking persona right. And all of these have got more detail on these points. But prepare and practice, let go of the script and stay present are the ways that you can be more authentic. Um, There's one more, actually, which is remember that you are the vehicle for the message. Don't make it about yourself because once you make it about yourself, you'll start worrying about being judged and what people are thinking and second guessing yourself again. So those are my tips on that. Second question, how can I press my audience's buttons more? Okay, I've just kind of touched on this. One of the big ways you can do it is is when you're putting your talk together, you've got to be thinking about your audience's fears, their desires and their objections. If you can preempt the objections, if you can tap into their fears and desires, it will help you press their buttons more. You'll be connecting with them more. You'll be making it more relevant for them. I want you also to think about the common myths, assumptions and misconceptions about the problem you're solving and the solution that you're offering. Because chances are some of your audience will believe those myths. And if you're myth busting, if you're banishing those assumptions and breaking those misconceptions, it will automatically be pushing their buttons more. And also don't be afraid to be provocative. All right. It's it's something that you know people shy away from. And I've talked about this a lot in the show. Don't be afraid to be provocative because it pushes away the people that aren't right for you and attracts your tribe to you. Not everyone is going to like you. And that's a good thing. Uh, you, if, you, if I've said this before, there's no point in being in the wishy-washy middle when you're speaking. You want to be taking a position because that's when, you know, if you're taking a position, you've got an opinion, you've got insight. That's what's valuable. It's not the information. Okay, so... Episode 65, uh, The Shocking Truth about opening and closing your presentations will be helpful with this. Uh, Also, some other ones that I'm talking about as we go through. Okay, next question. How can I be more coherent and articulate? I'm back to prepare and practice again. First of all, again, if you can prepare, if you can practice, um, you'll get familiar with your talk. Um, And, you know, there's a way that I teach speaking so that you can have one talk and you can flex that talk. So you're not reinventing the wheel every time, but you can flex it to the audience, to the time and all of that stuff. And you can do that. You can create one sort of talk, your signature talk, which will give you the opportunity to get to know it really well. And then you can flex it in those different ways. Um, That will help you become more coherent and articulate, having those points that you know that you're talking about. The other thing is to trust yourself and stop second guessing yourself. And I've talked about this already in relation to some of the other points. And there will be some crossover in this episode because there are some key things you need to do that will help you in all sorts of areas in your speaking. So trust yourself. Once you step on that stage, park the critic on the side and park that critic when you're rehearsing too. Do not bring the critic on the stage because you will second guess yourself. That's when you start to stumble over your words, when you're thinking, oh, I should have said this instead of that. You've got to trust yourself and let go, right? Once you know, if you do the prep, if you practice, uh, then you can trust yourself and you can just let go when you're on stage and trust that the right words will come. Okay, next question. How can I bring my talk alive for my audience. Stories is the first thing I'm going to say here. As no surprise, if you're a regular listener, stories 
uh, bring things alive. They encompass all of the things that make messages sticky, you know. Um, so if you can find stories from your life, that's always best. But any sort of story, an anecdote that you, you know, you've heard or something that you, a movie, something that you've taken away from a movie, a story about that, a case study, um, all of these things work, but use stories. That's the first thing they will bring your talk alive much more and within those stories and in your other messaging and your you know if you're using facts or data or whatever also use analogies and metaphors so these make things much more um, relevant relatable concrete uh, for people they help you to create a picture or an image for people in their minds of you saying something is like something else it also uh, makes it more familiar if you're saying taking something abstract or complex and making it uh, sort of compare it to something that's concrete in their lives something that they're familiar with it really does help to bring it all alive and make it more memorable for them so there you go stories analogies and metaphors and you can find out more about those in episode five seven and nine which are all about storytelling um, and also episode 111 which is about talking about the truest thing which is another way to bring things alive when you say stuff that your audience is thinking but they you know perhaps too afraid to say that's another way of really bringing things alive plus the other stuff that I've already talked about okay next question how can I keep it real simple and understandable I think I've just covered that um, make things concrete and relatable using those metaphors, using analogies. So that kind of light bridge really brings things alive and makes them simple and understandable. Also, another tip here is to think about how you would explain the thing to a five-year-old or an alien. Always, always a good one. We use that in comedy too. There's some right comic value to be got if you think about how you would explain something that we take for granted to an alien but that also works in keeping it simple real and understandable and memorable for your audience when you're talking too um, frameworks are also another thing that you can use to make things more relatable and understandable and episode 80, 83 is one where I talk more about how you can create frameworks and use frameworks in your speaking okay next question how can I increase my confidence in speaking? Well, some of you are going to already guess what I'm going to say here. Preparation, practice, absolutely. Also, if you can find systems and processes to follow, uh, they will give you more confidence. And obviously, I've got those. I've talked about those in previous episodes too. So they are available in the podcast and also uh, in my courses and whatnot, but those will help you. But preparation and practice. Also, it's a mindset thing here. You've got to see yourself as the vehicle for the message rather than making it about you. The second that you make it about you and then you're worrying about what you're wearing, what people are thinking and so on, it will undermine your confidence. So if you can shift that, you know, reframe this talking as you being the vehicle for an important message that you're passionate about sharing that will automatically give you more confidence also I mentioned uh, before in answer to another question about the critic we do have these two sides to us the creator and the critic 
creator is the one that sort of brings you know ideas for the talk um, creates the talk the critic is the editor um, and also you know when we're reviewing the things that we're working on the editor comes in and helps us sort of organize it and make it better but it's really important that you keep the creator and critic separate because they've both got value to add but they don't work together so have a different space when you're creating a talk for the creator and the critic to review what you've done. Similarly, when you're rehearsing, separate space and by and definitely do not take your critic on stage with you. Just leave the critic to the side. I know that's a challenge, but that's what you've got to practice doing, keeping those two parts of you separate. And coaching and feedback here is it will give you more confidence. You know, whether you go and do um, join a club or whatever, uh, join the speaking club live, that will help you. Doing it in front of a friend and getting feedback will help you as well. That will give you confidence and also just recording yourself and listening back. So all of those tips will help. Also, episode 67, we've got eight tips for managing anxiety. Uh, also, episode 91 will help you break free from bad stories. Cool. On to the next one. How can I make my storytelling more effective? First of all, I think I've mentioned it already. I'm a big fan of authentic stories. They will make your stories more effective in a number of ways. First of all, they're a lived experience. It'll give you more confidence in sharing them. It will make it more real for people and for you when you're sort of remembering that story. So I love that authentic stories from your own life will make your storytelling more effective. Also, adding specific details will make your storytelling more effective so that you're really dropping people into the situation. You know, what you thought, saw, heard, felt um, in that situation, in that story will bring it alive, make it more effective. Metaphors we've talked about make things more concrete and relatable for people. Um, also add that sort of little bit of emotion and drama as well. And performance. You know, if you can perform the story using your voice, using your body language, uh, all of those tools will help your storytelling be more effective. And episode 69 and 70 are about intentional movement. And obviously we've got storytelling um, episodes five, seven and nine, I think as well. So look at all of those to help you make your storytelling more effective. Next question is how can I improve my reach and impact? I think here is important that you have a mission message. I've talked about this on the show. It elevates what you're talking about to a different level. And it's when we get to the level of identity that we can attract more people in. Because if you can connect with people at the level of identity, at the level of their values, it will make them... Um, more eager to come into your world because that they will relate to that at a different level so having a mission message is a really big way to improve your reach and impact and there's an episode on that that's quite recent and also episode 78 how to make your audience care and create light bulb moments will help you there also getting out there you know getting out on podcasts being a guest on podcasts putting yourself out there, um, you know, doing panels, doing joint webinars with people, doing free webinars yourself, get your message out there, doing Facebook lives and videos, you know, help you get your message out there. But I think it definitely, if you can connect with people at the identity and value level by having that overarching mission message that embraces what you're, you know, the problem that you're solving and the solution that you're offering, 
that is a really good way to improve your reach and impact. All right, next question. How can I balance the detail and the narrative pace? Big one here, step into your audience's shoes. So we can get stuck in our expert mindset, thinking, you know, writing our talk at that neocortex level, all the sort of logic and reasoning, but we need to step into our audience's shoes. I was working with uh, one of my students who's actually writing a book at the moment. And as we were going through uh, the stories that she was using and the things that she was talking about in her book, I was obviously listening from an audience perspective. And I'm like, well, I want to know more about that. Why did that happen? You know, and in addressing those sorts of questions that pop up from for your audience um, will make sure that you keep them on board so the first thing is stepping into your audience's shoes and making sure that you answer the questions that come up for them through what you're sharing and the other thing is to think about your talk as uh, a sculpture I've talked about this before I think you know the the way that sculptures are made beautiful you know they've got a block of stone it's what that's gets cut away that creates the beautiful statue and the sculpture within so it's important for you to really ask yourself what is absolutely necessary for them to know um a few just a few details or a metaphor analogy can create a whole image and picture for people you don't need a lot of words to do that so question what's absolutely necessary for them to know um and practice and listen back you know you'll then hear if it's pacey enough, if it's flowing. So do practice and listen back to what you're sharing. And episodes 34, 36 and 37 will help you with all of this stuff. Okay, next question. In fact, is the last question. Oh, is how can I find my stories and connect with people? Well, I'm definitely going to mention the Snackable Story Challenge here. In five days, we help you find your stories, authentic stories. Um, but I would say the reason why that works is because we get you to take a look back at your life and your memories. Because your memories, the things that you've experienced, the things that happen day to day are a great source of stories. You know, so do take and have a notebook with you. Do pay attention to, you know, if something interesting happens in your day or something's interesting happened in your life. And even something mundane, you know, believe it or not, reality TV is king at the moment. People are interested in some of that stuff, you know, so don't dismiss the smallest little event. It could be a great story for you to share. And as far as your origin story goes, that's about remembering what happened that triggered you to fall in love with what you do. That's where your origin story comes from. What was it that happened that made you buy in emotionally to the thing that you're talking about today, that you're passionate about, that you want to share about? That's where your origin story will come from. Also, to improve the connection with people, I've talked about it already. Think about their pain, think about their desires, their fears and their objections. And episode 72 will help you with all of this stuff. That's the secret to becoming a public speaker that changes lives. So there you have it. It was a rip-roaring trot through answers to those questions. But there is loads of stuff on this podcast that will help you go deeper into those questions. And where I haven't covered it, I'll probably do a deeper dive on it on a future episode. But that should give you enough to get cracking with. So your big takeaways are... And they should cover a lot of that stuff. Prepare. Think about your audience and their pain, their desires and objections and the content you need to share to connect with them 
what questions come up for them. Really get into your audience's shoes. Test your content and messaging and use stories as much as possible, especially ones from your life. Practice your storytelling and speaking techniques and the confidence will come, I promise you. And lastly, trust yourself. Let go of it being about you. Remember you're the vehicle for the message and trust that the right words will come when you step on that stage, leave the critic behind. And I definitely would invite you to check out the Speaking Club Live, which I created just to help you with all of these things and to make sure you just weren't consuming content without putting it into action. It's a safe space where you can test and practice and get live coaching and feedback from me every week. So if you want to become a better speaker in 2021, then do check out Speaking Club Live at saraharcher.co.uk slash club as well as all of the other brilliant podcast episodes that are here for you at The Speaking Club too. Thank you so much for joining me. I hope you got value out of this, that it's given you food for thought, got the ideas going. And if you did, please leave a review at ratethispodcast.com slash TSC and subscribe because we've got some great guests, some great episodes lined up for next year. Finally, for many of us this year, I just want to leave you with this message. For many of us this year, this holiday season isn't the one that we planned. I know mine isn't, (laughs) but I want to share this from Thomas Merton, which has helped me. You do not need to know precisely what is happening or exactly where it's all going. What you need to do is recognize the possibilities and challenges offered by the present moment and to embrace them with courage, faith and hope. Until next time. Have a wonderful, wonderful Christmas, New Year, holiday season, whatever it is that you're doing. And don't forget to go out, grab your life by the nuts and get cracking. Bye-bye. If you want to be more memorable and engaging when you talk, then you need to share more stories. Stories can help you better connect with your audience and their problems and get them leaning in more powerfully than anything else. And short, snackable stories are great to use in pitches, Facebook Lives, podcasts, videos, keynotes, webinars, blogs, in fact, everywhere to share your message and grow your business. The trouble is that finding your snackable stories and confidently sharing them can feel like a struggle. And that struggle can slow you down or stop you in your tracks. But that's where my free snackable story challenge comes in. Over the course of just five days, I'm going to give you resources, training and coaching to help you find your authentic personal stories to share and build your skills and confidence in sharing them. Not only that, but the challenge will guide you towards a tangible result at the end and assets for you to use going forward. The next challenge is starting soon. So to grab your space, go to saraharcher.co.uk slash challenge right now.